Welcome to Learn Buddhism. I'm Alan Pito. The Buddha's teachings and mission are centered around one central theme, the end of unsatisfactoriness in our life. Now, unsatisfactoriness is a translation of the word dukkha in Buddhism. In the West, it has been sloppily translated as suffering, and that's what we usually think of when we hear of that word, dukkha. But it means everything from, as I mentioned, unsatisfactoriness, distress, disease, just something not quite right in our lives. Now, his teachings related to dukkha, we can kind of sum up in a saying he actually had. He said, all I teach is dukkha and the end of dukkha. And that's a very simplistic way the Buddha really put his teachings. But when he's talking about this Dukkha. He's talking about essentially an illness or a sickness that we have, and he's helping us cure it. But it's almost like this web, these roots to go into all these other Buddhist concepts. So all I teach is Dukkha and the end of Dukkha. That's true, but it's so interconnected with so many other teachings of his. Now, the reason he taught this is because he wanted to help us peel away our delusion and ignorance to reveal the truth of dukkha. And in turn, that would help us become enlightened and realize our true, peaceful, natural state of nirvana because we have broken down that belief in a permanent, unchanging, and independent self, which he says does not exist. So that self is something we believe is inside us. There's a soul, a self, something just permanent and unchanging. But the Buddha says that's not the case. We are an impermanent grouping of things together. Now, all of this, what I'm talking about, is going to be episode today. It is about the three marks of existence inside Buddhism. And I really like this one because he's summing up really what what we're trying to understand in Buddhism, but it's so lost in our ignorance and delusion of it that we can't really see it. We can talk about it intellectually. I can talk to you in this podcast about it right now. You can read about it in a book, but to really truly understand it, that's when we become awakened. That's when we become enlightened. That is when we have blown out those three fires of greed, anger, and delusion, which is sort of that root cause of dukkha, which has kept us trapped in this endless cycle of rebirth. So we want to achieve our peaceful, natural state of nirvana. But to do that, we've got to really understand these three marks of existence. So the three marks of existence, he says, are impermanence, dukkha, and the illusion of self. Now, impermanence is such a central theme inside Buddhism and the Buddha's teachings because the Buddha said, all that is impermanent is dukkha. So that's a truly revolutionary statement right there. You are impermanent, thus that's dukkha. Your experiences, your perceptions, your beliefs, everything is impermanent. Dukkha, but we don't really see fundamentally that impermanence, and thus we start clinging and craving to things. And I'll go more into this as we continue, but 
we don't really understand impermanence to that large degree. Now, the Buddha said that no conditioned phenomena, as I mentioned, you and me, we are conditioned phenomena. So is flowers, plants, our world, the universe, phenomena, everything. Everything's impermanent because we are all dependent on causes and conditions to exist and also cease. So we call this dependent origination in Buddhism. Impermanence and dependent origination, I would say, really is the heart of the Buddhist teachings because when you understand dependent origination, you understand impermanence. And when you understand impermanence, you understand dependent origination. And when you fundamentally understand those, just like the Buddha did, just like his enlightened followers did, they are able to realize nirvana. That's what we want. So this core principle liberates us from the belief in permanence. So including the, the belief in a permanent self, which is really the cause of so many of our issues. That leads us into dukkha, which in the West, we sloppily translate into suffering, as you may have heard. So it's basically saying that our reality and existence that we have conditioned is unsatisfactory. It's dukkha, even though we don't always perceive it that way. Now, why is that? Well, our suffering is caused by a belief that we are permanent. Remember what we were just talking about there? We are permanent and not dependent upon other things. And that allows us and causes us to have attachments and to cling to things, cling to experiences and sensual pleasures and everything else because we're reinforcing the belief in permanence, the belief in a permanent, unchanging, independent self. Why is that important? Well, when we are in love, attached to, cling to things that we want to be permanent, when they are impermanent, that includes ourself and the belief we have in a permanent, unchanging, independent self of others and other phenomena as well, we create actions, and we call this karma in Buddhism. Now, karma in our secular world is sometimes looked at, oh, good karma or bad karma. Well, there's wholesome and unwholesome karma in Buddhism, which is different than you may have heard about it. And essentially, we want to generate wholesome karma that's aligned with the Buddhist path towards liberation. But normally, we are causing unwholesome karma because we are unskillful in our actions. But ultimately, what we want to do as Buddhists is to end all karma that binds us to the cycle of birth and death, rebirth. Because karma is what traps us, binds us, makes us re-become in this cycle of rebirth. Not reincarnation, but rebirth. And so enlightened beings like the Buddha and his enlightened followers and bodhisattvas, they are not experiencing rebirth after they attain nirvana. They are not re-becoming like we are right now. That, that ends for them. But when they are enlightened beings... They are not generating that karma that causes that rebirth. But right now, you and me, we are. And so after our current existence, our impermanent existence is done, our karmic actions will continue on and they will prompt another existence to 
re-become. And I'll talk more about that in the third market resistance here in a second. So this suffering that we're talking about, there are three main types. There is a suffering of suffering. Now, this is due to physical and emotional discomfort and pain we all experience as humans. And you can think of that in many different ways. I mean, it's everything from illness or just, you know, unpleasant situations. You name it, just our, our bodies in general are just not meant to be impermanent and not changing. We know scientifically our bodies change over every second or over years. We know this actually happens, but the Buddha is talking about this at a very fundamental level. Then we also have suffering of change. Now, this is a really interesting one because this is due to our inability to accept the truth of impermanence and change. Remember the first mark of existence? We don't want to believe that. So the suffering of change we don't like. And so we start clinging to pleasurable experiences because, well, pleasurable experiences make us happy, right? And what we learn in Buddhism are perception and our belief and view of happiness is conditioned. It's not really true happiness. Now, you may be sitting back in your chair now like, oh, I know when I'm happy, right? I, I know when I love somebody. I know that. But it's impermanent. For example, is that always at a steady, constant, never decreasing ever? No. We know something can make us sad the next moment, or maybe we have a thought about something else. It's not a constant thing. So it's sort of going up and down. Our, our mind is creating all these conditions, right? So when change occurs, we want to cling to pleasurable things. But pleasurable things are also impermanent in their nature and how we perceive it and believe in it and everything else. So when we start clinging and craving to that, it doesn't give us really the pleasure that we want because it changes. It's impermanent. And that leads us to the last one, the suffering of existence. This is overall the unsatisfactory nature of arising in what's called the five aggregates in samsara, the cycle of birth and death. So when phenomena arises like you and me, we are a grouping of five things called the five aggregates. And they work so seamlessly together, it makes us believe that we have a permanent, unchanging, independent self. But we don't really understand that. But that right there is a key one as well. If you look at all of these, we can really see the impermanence and the dependent origination nature in all of these things that we are rejecting, which is causing us suffering. And now, that last one, being reborn, this rebirth, if you will, new existences, is not you as you currently view yourself being reborn, like in a reincarnation, it's rebirth. The rebirth of your karma is prompting its rebirth in this stream of consciousness that goes on casually from existence to existence. And that is dukkha. And that's a very hard concept for us to understand because we have so much clouded delusion in our in our minds right now to the truth, the Dharma, as the Buddha taught it. And that leads us to the last one, the illusion of self. And so 
we have a teaching in Buddhism called non-self or not-self. And it's not saying, no, you don't exist. It's saying this view of what you think is yourself is the illusion. Now, when we talked about impermanence and dependent origination, that's where you're going to see it here. It's teaching us that nothing is independent of other things to exist. So you just can't, poof, arise out of nothing. And you're just not going to cease into nothingness. So you all hear sort of like in Buddhism, there's no birth and no death. Well, we're talking about this constant stream, if you will, this casual connections of all these existences. You have a beginningless birth and you're going to continue on and on and on. So when you die, you don't die. You your karma continues on and, this, and, and your, this stream of consciousness goes on. And these are very intellectual in one way, things to kind of comprehend. And I'm trying to do my best in, in trying to explain it. But it's sometimes something we, we can't understand. I don't fully understand it. You're going to have monastics that don't fully understand it. We're all trying to really digest and understand and practice the Buddhist teachings. But when we fully and fundamentally understand it, that's the awakening. That's the enlightenment. And it's happened throughout Buddhist history. So where I'm going with this is we believe our body and mind is what makes us permanent. And that's all because of this belief in a self that are based upon the body and mind is something called Nama Rupa. And so Nama Rupa is, translates out to name and form. It's where everything's working so seamlessly together, where basically your perceptions, your sense organs, your, your touch and your perceptions of that, it's all working very, very seamlessly with your consciousness. And that gives the illusion of self. Because right now, I have a name, I, I have thoughts, I have beliefs, so do you. And we believe either parts of that is something that we believe is me, uh, we have a history, we have memories, we have all these different things, right? But they are all temporary. They are all impermanent. This grouping right now is what makes that happen. And this namarupa, this process, which makes it happen. We can't see how it's just a temporary condition, how is this all working together. And so we believe it's something permanent and unchanging and independent of other things. But we need other things to help us arise and to exist. As I mentioned, you don't poof into existence, but we also just can't exist by ourselves. It's very illusionary to believe that as well, especially in our modern world where, well, you need to eat. You need to, obviously we need to breathe, right? We just can't exist without air. We can't exist without this planet. We need all these different things to kind of exist. And so this is that inter, interdependent portion of it you need to also exist with other things. But it goes into that deeper teaching of dependent origination. So the only thing that continues on after we die in this stream of consciousness is our karmic actions. So two parts of that is the, the past arising of karma and also the future potential of them. So it's almost like seeds, if you will, in a garden. They continue on right now you have came into fruition due to Buddhist teachings by saying that it was karma that spurred, sparked 
this next existence to arise and it will continue on and continue on because if we look at these three marks of existence right here this belief in self is feeding into our actions that we're doing that's causing us to be reborn in this cycle of rebirth which is dukkha it's suffering because we don't understand impermanence and dependent origination and ultimately what these three marks of existence tell us is that when you can understand this, you break free. So what's really interesting about these three marks of existence, the only thing here that's permanent is impermanence, which is very interesting. So the only thing that's permanent is the, the nature of impermanence. That, that's the nature of the universe, the world, existence. It's impermanence. Dukkha does not need to exist. Absolutely not. We saw that with the Buddha and his line followers. The belief in a permanent, unchanging, independent self, that's conditioned. You are believing that, but as soon as you almost clear and clean that dirty window, you can see clearly out, you are awakened to the truth, become an enlightened being, and thus you can never go back. You, you now see things, so you are in that mental state of nirvana, that peaceful, natural, correct state. And that really feeds into something called the, the three poisons or three fires in Buddhism of greed, anger, and delusion. And because we have this belief in self, and when we talked about suffering, the three types of suffering, right, we are causing greed, anger, and delusion, these three fires. We're putting fuel on them because of the belief in self and the belief that we think everything has, in essence, a permanence to it. We don't like impermanence. And so we're basically feeding these three fires, three poisons. We're sick from it. That's, that's causing our dukkha. Almost like, would you be taking poison? No, you're not going to feel good. Or would you like to be burned? No, you wouldn't like that. But a lot of times when we think about that, we go, well, obviously, if I know I'm being burned, I'm not going to like that. Or if I know I'm taking poison, I'm going to die, or I'm going to feel sick, I'm going to know that. But if you look at the nuanced level of this, even in our, in our everyday life, outside the religious aspect here, you may be having smoke inhalation sometimes. Maybe some other times you'd be burned. Sometimes you just may feel the heat. Sometimes you may feel the heat a lot or the poison. Well, maybe sometimes you feel a little sick. Maybe sometimes you might be getting really sick. It's all these nuanced levels, which is this world that we're in right now caused by the three marks of existence because we don't understand it. So we fuel the three fires. So when we're trapped in this cycle of rebirth, samsara, this existence, it is not satisfactory. Now, did the Buddha and his line of followers exist in our world as well? Absolutely. And did they also quote-unquote suffer? Of course. They were arisen and they were grouped into these five aggregates, right? So even though they attained enlightenment, and they're in their mental state nirvana, they are still impermanent, right? So the Buddha, he had physical ailments. He had a human body, right? So he had supernatural and supernormal power through meditative state and being a Buddha, which is another episode altogether. But that didn't stop him from having this impermanent body. And he did pass away as well. So when we look at it that way, yes, you have dukkha, but understanding what dukkha is makes you, I don't want to say 
impervious to it, but you understand it at a different level. So where you might have been fueling the three fires of greed, anger, and delusion before, you're not doing it as an enlightened, awakened person who's in nirvana. Because as I mentioned, that window is clear, you see the truth. So before you were reacting and lashing out and clinging and craving at things because you didn't understand what those shadows were, what you were seeing or perceiving. You made assumptions about it. And I'm, of course, speaking very generally here. But when you see the truth of it, it's almost like an aha moment. You're like, that was it? And so therefore, you are in this totally different state. So that state of nirvana is where we're trying to get to as Buddha. So yes, is to get enlightened. So we are able to realize our true natural state nirvana because that blows out the three fires of greed, anger, and delusion, which is really what's causing our karmic actions, which are creating this constant arising and cycle rebirth, which is dukkha, because we don't understand impermanence and dependent origination, and we believe in our illusion of self, of a permanent, unchanging, independent self. So I, I was trying to put those all into this nice little bow for you in a box here of how they all interconnect there. But those three marks of existence, the only thing there that's permanent is impermanence. And when we understand impermanence and, of course, dependent origination as part of that, we can break down, and this is Buddhist practice, we are trying to break down this belief in a permanent, unchanging, independent self, that illusion of self, so that we can stop our karmic actions based upon the three fires of greed, anger, delusion, stop the cycle of rebirth, stop dukkha in our lives, because we are now inside our true natural state of nirvana. Beautiful teaching. I, I really love it. But this is a very, very high level of these three marks of existence. But I hope it gave you some insight. Do you have any questions about the three marks of existence? I'd like to hear from you. You can send me a message from my website, alanpedo.com. If you're on Spotify, you can reply to this podcast episode. Or you can send me a voice message to this podcast. And I look forward to talking with you in our next episode. Thank you.